Today, I'm with the lovely Reverend Honeybee, who is an ordained esoteric minister consecrated by the first ray of light under direct guidance of Master Elmoira of the Seven Sacred Flames to assist humanity to its divinity. She is an ascension alchemist internationally recognized as a transmedium, transchanneler, light language speaker, teacher, and activator, and transmitter of living crystalline diamond codes of light, bringing through the pure white diamond ray onto Sophia Gaia through her sound vocal tones. As a galactic shamanist, she delivers her divine earth mission by activating the planetary Christ consciousness grid via Magdalene and Yeshua codes through the Rose Dragon line. And we can talk about any one of those things for hours, but to start today for our first talk together, um, could you please tell the listeners about your background and your upbringing and how your incredible journey back home to the light began? Oh, wow, Beverly. Oh, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for being on this stream and this frequency. And Beverly, it's just so joyful, just so joyful that you and I have come together in this first time interaction like this. It's just such celebration. I feel so giddy uh, as I've been all day. So thank you so much for welcoming me. I'm really, really honored. Pleasure. And and the journey, you know, with all of us have uh, incarnated into certain parts of this beautiful earth for our soul's purpose. So I was incarnated in the Middle East, um, in Iran specifically, And as I came in into this dimensional consciousness, pretty, pretty awake. And, um, and from very early on, all I ever wanted to do was leave. So my earliest memories is all about drawing. As soon as I could, um, I could draw, I was driving, drawing like, um, sort of like, um, ancient ruins and pillars and portals. So I remember in the dining room, there was always this circular drawing. And I tried to tell my parents, I came through there and they couldn't understand. And I couldn't understand earth at all. And as early as I can remember, four years old, I had like like a little tiny, what we would call suitcase, but it's not like, not even a backpack, but something like a small suitcase. And I would, I would wait outside so my real family would come take me because I knew I was from the stars. So coming in the Middle East with that conscious awareness was quite um, challenging because I also had a lot, of, um, a lot of extraterrestrial experiences very early on and other higher dimensional beings. And, and uh, so through the family was a little bit challenging yet not as much because my mother's side they were um folk medicine so there was a lot of practice of magic and uh, my mother was turned away from it and I was um I was given for a while to my grandmother who was the matriarch of the folk medicine and the magic all of that so I feel there was that influence of me growing up with her for a while and uh, my real blasting awakening happened at the age of seven when I was, I experienced a fatal car crash 
with both of my parents in the car on the way to see the ancient ruins of in Shiraz and Persepolis. And that's when we experienced a horrific head-on collision, which, um, let me grab this so I can show the audience what happened 30 years later. For you. Mm. 30 years later, it led to the book, The Day I Became a Superhero, which that's actually me. I look like a boy. That's me at the age of seven. And um, wow. this 30 years later, I was guided to, uh, for the first time, come out and really share what happened in that fatal car car crash. So basically, essentially, I experienced what people would call it a mystical experience, yet it was the most natural experience where I got to um, literally be in the vibration of who I really am. So I, of course, I transcended out of my body, but I was transformed to my higher and higher bodies. And within those bodies, then I had um, other abilities, which a seven-year-old would not be able to have, um, such as what we would consider superpowers or super strengths or super whatever. So I, I got the taste of what it's like, um, like if you watched any of the superhero movies, like the Hulk, how he would transform into this other um, other being that's exactly what happened to me it's just I was ginormous and yet within that body I was able to do things which was not considered humanly possible so from that I got that taste of that expansion of awareness and realized state of the truth who I am which is not a body it's not this garment it, it, I'm so much bigger than that and that um, that week where my you know my parents did did survive that accident, the other ones did die, but they were in coma. And we were in a village. I mean, it's just like a crazy, tragic, insane story. Yet, what I was left with was like the incredible experience of the real the reality of what I am. So that opened this door of me being able to communicate then from that very easily with other dimensional consciousness, such as beings going in and out of the wall. I was able to see them. I was able to see angels very easily and mighty archangels and masters and the galactics, particularly the blue beings were quite a bit with me. I was able to communicate very easily with my loved ones on spirit side, like um, very easily. And also other abilities such as hearing the musical tones of um, uh, of flowers and, and seeing the music like literally in the colors that was coming out of them and hearing them and hearing um, on a whole lot of plane. And I still have those abilities, but for a while I had to shut it down just like uh, many of us that come in that are extremely expanded. And um, so I, one of one of the, the one of the experiences along this early um, elementary school years was it was very difficult um, interaction with other kids because I could not understand why 
they weren't experiencing. I thought everybody experiences what I experienced. And sometimes soon later, I learned that's not what happens. So I, I began recognizing that I would make people very uncomfortable because I would have a full-on conversation with, let's say, the tall blue being that was with me. We would do everything together. And this would make that culture in the Middle East heavily Islamic. They consider a lot of things kind of like evil or devil or what have you. So then my parents didn't know what to do with it. And the amount of times my parents had to come take me out of school because kids were scared and it was like honey broad ghost, you know, all of these things. And I Mm. had so many experiences with UFO ships over the house and, and uh, I mean, alternative realities happenings and um, me and my brother experienced all kinds of things. And, uh, so the neighborhood kids would get a lot of, get get scared quite a bit and and so from there i started noticing as if something was wrong with me you know so i started yeah. down and and not wanting to share that and then of course within that then there was the revolution then bombing then you know war a lot of challenges then loss of everything migration going from everything to nothing just with a suitcase we came to the U.S. and starting um, to even not even able to speak English or anything like that and then just shutting down so it was a very difficult middle school high school years and and um, not allowed to be me for years I wasn't allowed to be myself including my early 20s you know just like again many of us yeah, I know when we've chatted before, you said, you know, when your parents were in the car and, you know, going through that trauma, they're in hospital and you're there, this young girl, seven years old, and nobody's dealing with you and the stress and the trauma that you went through. So all that was buried. And um, it's only you- now... Not, believe it or not, actually, Beverly, this is what's wild. Now mm. that I'm 50 years old now, I turned 50 this May. Wow. It was only recently that that frequency of what was stored then, because my mom had an experience that she had to go to hospital and, you know, she got a little bruised up. And it brought up that because I never actually faced the emotion. I was, I experienced the majestic of it yet there was tremendous trauma but because the focus was always on my parents getting better nobody because I was okay nobody asked anything it was like I was always like just like kind of like feeling like the orphan like she's just you know nobody asked anything like nothing you know just (laughs) there (laughs) and you were in the hospital by yourself where was your brother at this time and is the older or younger and who was he with he was a year and a half older and interesting enough he felt he didn't want to come on the trip with us so he stayed with my my father's mother and which which Mm. was very unusual because we were always together and uh, and we went to another city so that's uh he stayed there and um we experienced a car crash um in, in on the way to Shiraz 
And there's a lot of things around that. I actually gave a big talk about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, the details of it, because it was very interesting. The dream my, my mother had the night before, what I had, my mother's face became that day because the way the uh, this head-on collision, the way the steering wheel broke into our face. My father went into the window and the car was about to blow up. I mean, it's just, just insanity. And Wow. Uh, I just think that's horrific, you know, just visualizing as you're speaking that scene and for Noah not to hug this little child and ask, are you okay, you know, to be rescued and seeing your parents like that. And you thought they were both dead and that must have been terrible seeing your parents covered in blood and all all that situation. Yeah, at that time, because it, there was a very interesting moment that I speak about in the book that... Um, me at that age speaks about it in the book from it's her perception so mm. there was this moment that I was petrified that the car is about to blow up because during that time of it was also the revolution 1979 had happened so we weren't having there wasn't gas so you had to wait two or three days in the gas stations to have gas to put in your car. So people would get those red, red buckets and they would store yeah. it in the back of their car. So we had two of those in the back of the car on this trip. So meanwhile, the front of the car is catching on fire. I'm trapped in it. My mom is like blood everywhere. My dad's head is in the window. I can't get out. Oh. I, I just know I'm about to burn alive. I mean, it was, it was horrific for it was horrific absolutely and the scariest thing I ever experienced because I saw my parents were dead again blood everything everything squished the other people were there nothing else around it was in a desert um so nothing nothing just mountain and two-lane desert and in a split of a second in that extreme level of fear that I that I was experiencing there was a sound that came out of my father where, where his body's weight was heavy enough that that kind of like fell back into the seat. So it indicated to me there was life. So it was almost like as if it was hope. So from that extreme fear, there was a spark and I came out of my body and I came out of the car and I went so far out of the car. I was ginormous. And then it was pure ecstasy. So what I experienced in that moment was pure ecstasy from extreme fear to extreme opposite of ecstasy. Just that's all I can say. Orgasmic, ecstasy, ginormous, and everything became weightless. And I was able to... Um, everything that I couldn't, I, I, I was screaming, tra trapped, couldn't get out of the car. Everything was jammed. Then I had these superpowers with like a slight little touch, everything open. And I was able to lift my father with one hand, like literally like this and pull him out. Wow. Right. So I, when I say superpower, I really mean like a <laughs> superhero. Power. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? No, no kidding. And because there was a story then written in the newspaper in Tehran, because there was only one witness from far that saw me. And he ran out as he had parked his car. He was running to, to the accident scene. And he saw and he came up. It's like, how did you do that? How did you do that? But I couldn't talk. 
So then, mm. then, then when we were transported in this tiny village, there was no phones. Um, my family for a week, nobody knew what happened to us because nobody could, we, there was no phones there to get in contact. This story was written in the newspaper in Tehran. That's how my uncles were able to find us that it was us that we never got to the destination and we were the ones. Wow. And that, so, so there's a lot of interesting things around that. But point being, Beverly, afterwards, it was all afterwards, my parents were in coma. I was just by myself, but I was just taken care of. Like, I was just taken care of. Like, I, I felt so, I mean, I was one week by myself in this place with nobody and but my parents in coma and and I, there was no fear I was just that experience um stayed with me including wow. during when the the airplanes were going when the war happened dropping bombs that was pretty frightening and yet there was this I feel like there was this like almost like a hand watching over me like because I tasted what the truth was you know yeah and a year later then you died from a rare illness so you literally no, excuse me that, that was 10 years ago so 10 years oh, ago, okay 2012 out of full death so this one was out of body the other one was a yeah. from my heart stopped and I actually crossed over to spirit side crossed over to many different planes of awareness consciousnesses and I had a full experience of life after death before I was sent back well I actually I don't know if you've heard of Michael Newton Institute um, they do life between lives and um, I had a, a past life regression then a life between life with a lovely friend in Monaco Yana Aida and that was incredible. So um, I experienced the um, the Council of Twelve, etc. But can you tell everyone about your experience when you actually died and saw them? Right. So uh, I the full explanation is on my YouTube channel. If you go to Reverend Honeybee, that's a full thirty minutes. I go into so much details. For here, I. I won't take 30 minutes to go through the details. Yes. <laughs> wow. When, when the heart stops, so um, I was terminally ill during that time, and I knew I was getting ready to cross over. I was very prepared for it. And um, so when my heart stopped, the, the very first thing that happened was just this incredible, awesome experience of right away coming out of my body so I was above the uh, above sort of like by the ceiling and I was looking down and there was my body on the table and yet it was I was still me in in this form but in spirit form so um it, it was so freeing it was so fantastic and it was that taste of very similar mm -hmm. to the taste of when I experienced when I was seven differently but very similar just Mm -hmm. and I got to see the body and the there was some compassion for that garment yet I was it was it happened so fast because I was extended out of that 
to a higher um, sort of like uh, plane, which would be above earth, way above earth. And within that place, the very first thing that happened was um, Archangel Haniel greeted me. So she first appeared and, um, uh, and there was th this incredible ray of this pink, um, I want to say flame, but not flame, vapor, not, not vapor. There was this thing that had to wrap around me and that was the welcoming me to the spirit side. And then, um, then she showed me, she directed me and I saw all my um, loved ones um, waiting. So they were all clapping, oh. like grandmother, grandfather, my dad and my aunts and cousins. And they're like, ah, ah. like, it's just like mm -hmm. so joyous as she was waiting um, for me to see them. And, and in that moment, it was like, as if I was going to go there, but, but she she directed me to this other side. So there was um, kind of like a pathway like this. And this other way, I had to go through what we would call an actual portal. And she pointed me this way. So um, again, there was no questioning. There was no negotiation, nothing. It just very quickly. So I had to go through that. And when I went through that, I, I came to somewhere else. Somewhere else was no longer that plane of consciousness, and it was no longer the spirit body. It had transformed then the light body. So the spirit body is different than the light body. Most people don't know the difference between that. So then I was a light being, and in this kind of like what what our consciousness would perceive as a nebula. Um, very much like that with all the other rays of light. So I was with all of that. And from there, then again, I was transported to another dimensional consciousness. And with that, it was no longer light body either. It was just a pure consciousness. And this is very interesting, which the interviews I've done with so many people they haven't experienced this. Um, few, maybe a couple of people, um, majority um, haven't experienced this. So when I, when I was brought here, I entered this like a phenomenal um, structural um, galactic, very galactic. It was it was the Athena mothership. And um, the, the 12 Golden Council of 12, uh, they were waiting here. It was a council meeting. So there were six of them on each side and they were royal blue color, about 18 to 20 feet tall, translucent. Um, you, there's no face, um, it's the translucent um, beings with, beautiful halo white behind them and um, so they brought my consciousness was brought into the center and that's when the these kind of like screens um, uh, were, were brought and and they showed me my lifetimes on earth which was 844 lives and, and many lives, many very significant historical moments, 
um, from Lemuria, you know, Atlantean beings, you know, I mean, there's just so many Egyptian, like just so many, so many, so many time of Christ, you know, I mean, all this was shown. So it was the revelation of that and a whole lot more about the soul agreement with um, my immediate family, like mom, dad, brother, and, and who chose what for what purpose and why specifically Middle East had to come in. So all of that was shared uh, and it, it's very fast there. And then, and then my DNA was interesting. The consciousness of my DNA was brought and they shifted that. So it, it was like a whole reshifting structure of my DNA. Then before, um, after all of that, I'm going through this so fast what happened, but then there was this piercing, piercing, blinding light began to approach. And as it began to approach, it was the living master, living Christ, Yeshua. And that's when he, uh, the, the love was incredible, Beverly. Like I will never be able to capture. Uh, we we humans have no idea what love is. We, we can't even touch it. Like that frequency was remarkable. But the auditory um, in my consciousness could hear, recognize the voice as that was the voice a few times throughout my life had spoken to me. And I didn't know whose voice that was. So when wow, yeah, absolutely spoke, amazing, yeah. And when he spoke, Beverly, he said it was very, very brief but very straightforward. He said, "You cannot be with us, my child. You must go back and finish. You'll be with us soon. It's your last human incarnation." So I'm with, with that, just like that, I had no, again, no negotiation, nothing, just like that, I, everything retracted back so fast, like a speed of light, I was, I was brought and like thrown back into that body, that garment, which is this, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I was, um, I was, how do I want to say this? I came in into that body, but I was a different being. And I was healed completely within three days. Everything was, so the medical community didn't know what happened, like what happened, that nobody could. And then, then I, I came back with some interesting abilities after that, when I was returned and, um, and very specific from their instruction on the planetary call, this planetary activation of the crystalline diamond light. So it's been 10 years of dedication to the diamond consciousness of the planet, activating the diamond um, presence and the prisms of light on earth, these specific areas that I was sent for five and a half years on the travel, different parts of earth to bring the frequency and then gather the people for them to be connected to connected so these dragon rose lines so all of that is contribution to this with very specific consciousness where the voice voice of the consciousness of the sophia christ the unity 
Christ consciousness becomes a living vibration onto the, on the planet. So on a nutshell, that's been the journey after that, the last um, 10 years dedication after that death experience. And that's where you and I met somewhere in between. Uh and oh my goodness what a journey and um i know that you've done amazing work in nice you know and the whole of the south of france with um your wonderful um planetary work and also um we've done so much like shamanic circles on the beach and sacred women's circles and that amazing cacao ceremony we did at um barbara yeah. baselgate's cafe badaboom and um many others and one in particular when you were channeling um ascended masters um master at a friend of terry yeah. lynn's master yeah master, right i did yeah yeah and all this static dancing like You've opened the hearts of so many people in the whole of the south of France and Monaco. And um, I know with lockdown, everybody would have missed you so much and missed you going there. And, and of course, um, with the work that you do with Mary Magdalene, you know, um, I was blessed with a friend Isla to go to St. Balm in the south of France. And she's, there's the commercial cave yeah. um where allegedly she taught and um was there for 30 years but there's also her special cave which um is hidden behind a boulder not many people know about it and it's a tiny tiny cave where you know the rumor has it for a better word that she actually lived there and it's a tiny cave and the entrance looks like a lady's vagina have you been there yes of course. Yeah. So, you know, of course, and um, Isla and I went there and we had the vision the same time. And we were like two teenagers going, oh, my God, she's moving around. Oh, my God, she's doing this. We were seeing it, you know, and like she, as you described, you expanded and the council were so tall. So Mary Magdalene was and she gave me a message to write a book on self-love and um this is what i will be working on because recently i'm just getting the message work on yourself work on yourself work on yourself and um i know that you've also been telling people to work on yourself for self-love because this is um, a gateway to to god to feel that beautiful intense love that divineness the oneness and the lightness that you've been talking about you know, I love the way that you segmented it, Beverly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you you were such a significant being that um, that I met, and because of you, you 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 opened. When I came to stay with you at your apartment, mm -hmm. little did yeah. I know what was that. So on the outside, I was gonna come there, um, but I knew it, it's part of the planetary card. I gotta gather them. It has to connect to this Magdalene consciousness, the Yeshua Magdalene codes of light. I don't speak so much about the other things, but it's uh, like the gathering of the people and facilitating event. The one that we started with was the um, the ancient sacred breath of the master wills. That's a very important one with the diamond consciousness of the breath of the 
which, which is about Christ consciousness, that breath. So opening that up and then that return coming back and connecting with the community to was to start gathering and are of course in the land of the Magdalene land so that I can get to the places, start clearing the energy of the land from the cathars and all that all that heavy energy that had been sitting there so the voice of the Magdalene consciousness can come through. And I'm not the only one. There have been several of us that were card. I was just very specific card to a specific grid line to um, for the planetary mission to deliver what needed to be done. So there were various places that I needed to go, which wasn't so much of the people that know. It's like the more of the hidden one where Mary Magdalene herself was very indirect here, there with Yeshua, go here, this is where I was, this is where I was. And those are the things that I don't talk about at all because um, it was very specific. There was a sort of like a grid work that had to be done around that to connect it to Egypt, connect it to um to also to England, to Glastonbury, connected to this specific Arcadia uh, line that goes from the US line all the way down to South America. So there's a lot, all these other places that I had to go to assist in this collaboration and opening and clearing and activating and anchoring. And, and the people that gathered, whenever they would you know, there was a lot of shamanic thing because the breath had to open and the movement so that they could release that, they could start to connect so that breath could open. So this, this consciousness of the Magdalene could start to come up into the planet. So that was a huge part of those five years coming back and forth in, in that region. And then segmenting to what you said, this self-love. So super important like the the last as many light workers we are very passionate about earth and humanity we're called to serve and a lot of our surface service has been on the outside to serve individuals serve the animals serve the planet serve the trees serve 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 and it that's exactly what our calling is. Yet it's been this disconnected frequency because that service on the outside is super important, but it's been not including the self as the most important part of that. So in my 10-year journey with this diamond, diamond consciousness of the planet, right? I remember when Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, Yeshua said, we want you to become the living diamond. So we're going to help you activate the diamond template in you so you can serve, serve it this way. So for 21 days, I have to go into stillness and sleep 13, 15 hours a day so my body can start to move into that template. And the template was a 10-year journey to become. And what I mean by becoming, that means a realized state of embodiment. That embodiment cannot take place without truly loving this template. Most of us have not liked this garment. Most of us have been wanting to leave this garment so many times. Like there, there's so many of us didn't mm -hmm. even want to be here. So it's been like a more of a mm, more of a how do I want to say this in a most kindly way? burden than 
than triumph and celebration. So then the Christ consciousness, the crystalline consciousness, this to connect with Sophia Gaia is that the Sophia Christ inside is, is the love that is returned back within and loves truly the human experience, the human template, the human bodies, you know, that comes with the physical, emotional, mental. So we've had to, and I feel COVID has been the biggest gift on the planet to shift everything around, throw everything out the door so we can let go of so much as a group of consciousness that workers so we can start to be like, okay, let me restructure things and let me begin not not going back to the drawing board, but kind of like being dead stop in our track. Okay, I gotta include myself with this self-love to serve properly in alignment, in embodiment. So that's where that is really coming in to be living truly in our fifth dimensional conscious aware state in the third construct, this 3D construct, it's bringing it here. So me and Michael are called the ascension alchemist. It's not to ascend out of the body, it's to ascend in the consciousness and to embody alchemize. That means to ground the energy, to bring it into this plane. That's where that self-love, but not, not a little S, not a little L, the capital S, the capital, <laughs> the divine love. Like, can you love, really love yourself? And that's where a lot of our stuff comes up because we don't know how to love ourselves. We're attempting that. Yeah, well, we all keep busy as light workers, looking after everybody else and looking after the planet and the animals, as you said. And we don't, um, most of us don't feel worthy. We put ourselves last. So, you know, like you said, with the lockdown, it was good because people had the opportunity to look at their lives, where they're at, and look within and reflect am i happy what am i doing what's my purpose what's my mission you know whether they did that or not it was their choice but we all had that opportunity and i think it's been wonderful because people instead of doing what you've been programmed by your parents or society to do now people are doing they're working with their heart and doing things that they like, what they love. They're being creative and going more with the flow. And um, I'm glad you mentioned Michael because I'll just quickly tell the listeners when Honey and I met, I didn't know her, didn't know anything about her. And a friend rang me and said, oh, would it be okay if a friend comes? She's a spiritual teacher, blah, blah, blah. Can she stay with you? And Barbara turned up with you and left within seconds. So it's like, oh, my goodness. And we were thrown together. And I didn't realize what an amazing, amazing, amazing goddess you were at that time. But instantly I knew. And at that time, you were single and a lot of the girls were single. And we had that lovely sacred circle. And now you manifested or the universe brought you together with Michael, 
who's absolutely amazing and a divine union has taken place. So on that special date of the second in America, it's 2-22-22, you got married. Do you want to tell the audience about that, how you met Michael, how it came about? Because you and I both have amazing partners who selflessly support us and help us on our journey and not everybody has that because when you're giving 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 and you're listening to messages and you go to different places you know not all partners would follow you and be there for you and be your support when you're absolutely exhausted yes and i remember beverly when i first met you and your your you know the way i remember we went to that jazz place that, that oh yeah and you're like come over here and, and I remember like you know this love that you had you know with you and your spouse and just and just this joyous love and this amazing spark in your eye and in his eye with you both of you and that was so touching to me. That was just so beautiful to me. Like, ah, just so fantastic. And all the joys with your sailings and together, this together energy. And I knew before I even, before I even died, um, I had, I was, you know, I was married for many, many years. And with my former spouse, a wonderful man that I'm very, very, very close with. And Michael is very close with. We're just very, very close the father of my children. So while married, before I died, before all of this, for two years, I kept um, having this um, vision. Every time I would close my eyes and I would meditate, I would have this vision, um, vision that I'm with this other man, not my spouse at that time. And uh, he's got the long hair, he's got the beard. We are teaching, we're, we're teaching these high conscious things. And we we, we come on stage, we're doing all these healing things with others. And I kept, I have come out of meditation. I'm like, what is this? I'm a loyal wife. I mean, I'm, a, I'm just take pride in being a wife and a mother. Like I never even look at another man. What is this? Two years, this image of Michael was given to me. One after another, after another, after another. And so, of course, I did everything I possibly can, humanly possible in my marriage, so my marriage doesn't come apart because I was petrified for that taking place. But of course, hmm. everything started to, I was, I was having so many experiences one by one happen. So then, of course, dying 10 years ago was part of that as well. So having said that, several years on the road and I knew this um, beloved counterpart was coming and so one of the things when I died I was told I will be able to carry the mission with my counterpart and I didn't know who my counterpart was but they 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 sh showed me the frequency of him that will be able to deliver the mission of the Yeshua Magdalene consciousness, the divine, sacred, feminine, divine, sacred, masculine template that is part of this diamond. So we're the, representing the diamond rate that's anchored into the unity consciousness of earth. So all of this was shown to me. So as soon as I came back, although I didn't want to face that, but I knew that was coming. So we met you, you know, there were potentials that had come, but not quite that until... This November of six years ago, 
Michael and I crossed path at my, you've experienced the galactic shamanic sound medicine that I brought to Nice, France at that yeah. event. And um, so interesting enough, he was in Bali for a few months and he had to gone to a shaman. A shaman had said, you're going to meet a shaman. You, he's, she's going to, you're going to do planetary work with her and she's going to help you close your center. And the minute we met, um, that was it. That night we met and our journey took off. We, within two weeks, we were in three countries, planetary work. And then the week after we went to Mexico, closed his clinic, closed his practice and our whole life began and it never ended. And then we had wow. our special ceremony, this <laughs> incredible ceremony right here. So, so just for your audience to know, we are in this diamond prism of light in the Gulf of Mexico in an area called Sarasota. Um, there's Longboat Key, Ana Maria, um, Siesta Key, and going down Casey Key, a couple of keys here. Now, what's, what's interesting about here, this is a full diamond prism that was activated back in 2008. And within the last two years, people from all different parts of Earth, especially U.S., are just being called to come here. It is one of the 22 cities of light. So two years ago, April, I kept feeling called, we got to come here. I couldn't know. I didn't know what was going on. And um, long story short, uh, our anniversary of last year, we came here, which was for uh, November 16 and November 11, 11, we were here and we just knew, we knew we needed to be here. And a friend of ours had bought a house and um, just had bought a house and they had a guest house. They're like, hey, why don't you just come stay here till you figure things out? And so we came in January. February was coming. Now we knew this vortex was strong and we knew if anything was to happen to have our sacred marriage, had to be in the city of light, had to be on this diamond present, had to be the completion of this diamond frequency of 10 years that's been working on the planet. And now we merged together in our diamond ray to anchor it. So all of that took place. And within a week of as mm -hmm. our parents were coming, because we didn't know how the weather was, how anything would work out, we received the call. That's when we have to officiate our own sacred marriage which with the crystal rose ceremony, just very intimate, our own family involved in that ceremony. And Beverly, it was exactly like ancient times, the time of Christ, the time with Yeshua Mary Magdalene, the way we did ceremony marriages. That's what we experienced. So intimate, so profound. And that's kind of something that Michael and I facilitate for others for let's say marriage, they wanted very sacred, they don't wanted the 3D or births or, you know, even crossing overs and stuff like that. So sacred. So that was our own day on 2-22-2022. And that was the anchoring so deep here so that others who are called to it can also come into this frequency alignment. So uh, it, it was one part was for us, the other part was this planetary service and um, and it was perfect. It was just fantastic and perfect. Oh, I, I, my heart just warmed, um, you know, when I saw your post and it was just amazing. And just listening to you now, it's just amazing. 
And I'm sure people who are on their evolutionary pathway um, would love to um, have a marriage, you know, get mar have a marriage ceremony done by you, Michael. That's amazing. So I will put with the notes, I've just put in um, your speaker um, fan page and I will, we'll be posting it on YouTube and my website, my podcast site and be going on various podcasts. So of course, I'll put all your details there as well. Um, for young people, because, you know, I grew up talking to the angels and my mother told me Shh, don't tell anybody you know and I did block it um for quite a while um but for the children you know or parents who have children who are going through this because it would have been difficult for your parents with you talking like you said you drew the portals and you were always drawing things and saying this is where I come from you were so advanced at that young age what advice can you give to parents who are experiencing things like this with their children? Because um, I just love it, Beverly, because it's like a perfect, hmm. again, perfect. So interestingly enough, so yesterday, we, Michael and I were on a Zoom car with a family because we, we facilitate sacred, private, customized retreats here. So people yeah. can come overnight or we can stay with us. It's healing. It's gorgeous. It's luxurious, but just so sacred. So a family, a, a, a mother reached out. She said, I have five children. I want to come and I want to experience all of this. She's one of our clients. And my children have certain abilities. Can we do a retreat where it can really support their abilities? And of course, Michael and I got lit up because we do work with some of our friends with their special, the kids that have higher, uh, let's say, abilities. Um, because my sons had this, I got to be a different mother that I didn't have as a mother. So with my mm. children, they came and they had all these abilities and they stretched me and I learned how to like hold the space and embrace them and celebrate them with the past lives that they remember or contacts that they had or ET ships, how to really nourish them to make sure they feel safe emotionally that nothing is wrong with them, how incredible it is, how beautiful it is that they're using their spiritual gifts. So all of those muscles were trained. And, and I have several friends that have, for example, um, their children, they can talk to us. I have one friend um, that her daughter, eight-year-old, is a master grid worker for the planet. So her and I can talk a lot. She creates this remarkable insane grid and she tells me about how she goes to Archangel Michael school for math or her math is at a university level so we get to talk a lot about so I'm kind of like the shamanti that I get to talk to all these kids with their abilities whether it's um, using their mind to move things or using the elements to transform realities so we we, Michael and I get to talk to several of these kids and for them to feel safe. Like we have one friend that the son, he um, he knows he comes from the worlds of dragons. So I get to speak in the light language of dragon with him. He, he speaks back to me. We leave messages for each other and he tells me what's happening with the dragons or the fairies. So for parents, they're not imagining, they're having real experience. 
just because you cannot see, it is mm-hmm. very important not to dumb that down that that they're not having this experience. They're actually having the food experience because there's no filter. They're very easily able to do that. Now, one of the things I did with with, um, several of the kids, including mine that had trouble with nighttime sleeping because there were so many beings wanting to interact with them. I had to teach them that you don't have to play all the time, just like people here if they're ones you don't want to play with you tell them I don't want to play so to know they have a power that they can they can take charge no I'm not going to talk to you it is my bedtime I'll talk to you tomorrow so to teach them empowerment and like from the fairy world if they're interacting with fairies create a fairy garden let them communicate with the fairies and how the fairies will teach them about growing different flowers and how to take care of the nature and all of that so support that if they're the ones who like one of the the children I was speaking with last night he goes out of his body when he sleeps he leaves his body he's floating around the room okay ask him about that okay, when you fly, where else are you going? So he's astral projecting already. Learn about what astral projection is like, and what you can do. And he can remote view. It was so cool. I got a chance to like, we're creating all these things for him so he can feel like he can play with these. And they felt so good that they're adults that know what to do with all of these gifts, that the gifts are actually amazing, not strange because some of the school kids are like, you're weird, all of that. So we really build it up. And and parents, please put the word out with like meetup groups, connect with other parents that have, there are a lot more children on the planet right now than the age you and I were, Beverly, that yeah. have disabilities. So it's so much easier to communicate with them and talk to them, especially with if they're communicating with mermaids. And a lot of these children are, animal communicators so let them fully communicate that and just support them emotionally this is the key that I cannot express enough because if they feel supported then another kid makes fun of them they don't care you know like they feel supported at home and and get into meditation practice with them few minutes let them feel that power inside I feel the biggest thing that I could tell parents is you do not have the answer for these children with all the respect they're way more advanced than you are <laughs> they are mm-hmm. more in higher frequency so do not attempt to give them answer guide them back to themselves their heart let them quiet daily few minutes they will have their higher answer for themselves And so that way you can start to teach them not to go outside for answers, go directly within. They can open their own Akashic record. They can open their own, you know, inner stargate literally and access what they need directly. Um, These are most individuals, uh, kids on the planet are the rainbow and diamond. They are so advanced in consciousness um, and help them Help them with uh, foods. Let it be more light rather than junk because it doesn't interfere with their frequency. Uh, and them drinking a lot of water. So that's that's 
that flow is streaming constantly through them. So these are some of the things that I'm just very fast throwing out for you. And I love that you asked that. They need a lot of Thank, thank you. I, I, you know, and I think mothers and fathers need to hear that. Parents need to hear that because, you know, you do get classified as weirdo. And in school, the teachers say, oh, they're dumb or they're an idiot or, you know, they're always daydreaming and things like that. And yet, um, you know, they often have super high IQs and fly through the schoolwork, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the real schoolwork is being out there in nature and connecting and learning social skills and learning how to react to people and how to live in mother earth and you know school doesn't prepare you for after school it just prepares you for getting the qualifications sure and um, I, honestly you have you have these kids with disabilities get them out of school school is not for them like get them to be with other kids you create the homeschool because that's that's what's going to really blossom their gifts. They came in with these advanced because they're part of the solution to humanity. You don't want to dumb it down. You want to nurture that. And regular school system is set up on a platform that is not designed to support these children. So if anything, flat out, I just say, get them out, like nurture them yourself. It will help you. It will help their gifts. And they have so much to offer to earth. Yeah, it's about the big picture and they're here for a specific reason to help all of us evolve and whatever reason, whatever their life purpose is, what you know, and it's great that they can shine so early and have support. So I want to thank you so much for all your wonderful words of wisdom and um i'd love to chat to you again in the future because we've only skimmed the icing on top of the cake and um you've got so much knowledge and wisdom inside you and we could talk about various topics so for the listeners if there's anything that you really would like to learn about please put it in the chat line or contact honey directly um, because she does do her own, she has got her own YouTube channel and you can listen to a lot of the talks there as well. Just Google Honey Borden. So yeah, thank I'm, you, dear Honey. Oh, Beverly, thank you so much for this time and the listeners. And if there's anything comes up that I can address, I'll be happy to do that. And in terms of if, you know, like I, I have clients all over the world. I just want to say this, where I'm focused right now with private sessions, whether it's on Zoom, is to help people. A lot of life workers, students, Beverly, are in this place where they're, 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 they're going in this repeated cycle where there's a trauma or trigger that comes out and they don't know how to move through it. They, it's like mm. the stuff that repeats, repeats, and then these failures come up. Meanwhile, that's where the treasure is so there's this two hour that I can assist them and move out of that to a next octave of light and it's something that I've had to go through myself to assist with this embodiment that's where I'm focused because a lot of people are like where are you focused in your the transformation and healing are offered this is where I'm focused right now I've gone through many different ones and I have to let them all go and just focus 
in the simplest way right now with this area. So if that reaches out, just feel free to reach out and we go from there. And any other questions, leave it there. I'll be happy to answer. And I'm just very grateful for this opportunity and reconnecting with you, Beverly, especially. And, yes. and your journey of writing your book. This is going to be amazing in honor of Mary Magdalene. So thank you so much.